Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues. We're, uh, well, what, just a few days out after the NFL draft. And, you know, everyone's been breaking down the draft and kind of the exciting time of year. Everyone's got, you know, their new allotment of players and all that kind of good stuff. And with us right now to talk about the Indianapolis Colts draft is the senior analyst from Sports Illustrated's Horseshoe Huddle and the co-host of the Horseshoe Guys podcast we've had him on plenty of times before jake arthur how you doing jake yes sir i'm good how about you doing great doing great good to talk to you again and you know what it's eight guys i guess the colts drafted last weekend and i've seen a lot of the you know the post draft grades and all that kind of stuff so if you're gonna put a put a letter grade on this eight player class that the colts were able to draft where uh, where would you put it yeah, it was a nice little class. I, I see exactly what they were trying to do with it. Um, I really don't have any gripes. I, uh, I I don't have much reason not to give them, I'll say, an A-. minus. Um, only reason I don't give them anything higher is because they, they did take some some guys who are more, I, I don't know if you want to say developmental, but they're just the real athletic guys from small schools or they just have a, a little bit of tailoring to their games to do. But, um they, they definitely chose guys that fit them very well. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, they, they went out and addressed a lot of needs with this class, starting with their only second-round pick, their highest pick in the draft, Alec Pierce, the wide receiver from Cincinnati. What do you think about him? I like it even better, considering they were, they were able to trade back about 11 spots and still get a guy who literally was just handcrafted for – Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. Uh, <laughs> if you looked at a list, so they, they obviously needed receivers going into this draft. And if you looked at a list of the guys who were available, Alex Pierce was had to be one of the, the top most realistic options on the board, if not the top one. Um, he, he fits them very well. He, he's got great size and length and speed. And they really like guys who can be really tough at the point of attack. Uh, catch those contested balls, and especially having Matt Ryan now at quarterback. Uh, from what I've seen of, of his play recently, he will he'll trust his guys to go up and win those fifty fifty balls. Uh, so Pierce is perfect for that. Yeah, so it feels like, especially with just where you know where they are with the roster right now, it would seem like Pierce is going to have a, a chance to step in and be a contributor right away. Yeah, I, I think so. It's It was definitely their biggest need going into the draft. They really lacked depth behind uh, Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's still not there. We don't know if he will be. Um, Zach Paschal left. You know, that was two of the top three guys last year. And, you know, you, you consider Paris Campbell, it, it's hard to rely on him. So behind Michael Pittman, you're looking at, you know, Ashton Doolin, Mike Strawn, uh, Campbell, of of course, uh, Des Patman. So Pierce, if he has a good summer, I mean, he could be 
wide receiver two or three going into the season. Do you expect that, you know, you talked about T.Y. Hilton, and I heard in the press conference they were asked about him, and he's someone they're still considering, but do you expect them to kind of go out and maybe still try to, you know, find a veteran in what's left of the free agent pool out there? I could see him doing it. I think there's still room for it because they didn't, they didn't load up at receiver in the draft. Right. So there is still room for a receiver. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go for someone like Julio Jones or Jarvis Landry. Um, just cause you've got some young athletic guys who you want to give snaps to so that they can develop and having someone like Matt Ryan definitely kind of helps speed that up. Whereas Carson Wentz, he's not, he's not a quarterback that's going to help your receivers develop. Um, so someone who's a real, uh, maybe not, you can't really call T.Y. too reliable anymore just because of how much he's banged up, uh, but just a, a veteran who has proven that they can be good and who would take a, a cheap contract, you know, maybe $3 million or so. Um, just someone who you can put out there to, to catch passes and move the chains. You don't really need anyone spectacular. Jake Arthur is with us from the Indianapolis Colts Sports Illustrated website, Horseshoe Huddle. So they ended up with three third-round picks as well. And, and, and you know, everyone seems to be uh, pretty excited about Jelani Woods. What did you think about that pick, the big six foot seven tight end from Virginia? Yeah, that, that was basically it, – it felt like them getting a younger version of Mo Alley-Cox <laughs> who already had experience playing football. Uh, right. Oh, Allie Cox, of course, was famously a basketball player when the Colts picked him up. Uh, but no, Woods is, is a, a real tough, real big athletic guy. Uh, he was a quarterback when he got to Oklahoma State and when he transferred to Virginia. You know, they, they, they had converted him to tight end still when he was at Oklahoma State. Uh, but by the time he got to Virginia, he was a, a pretty good player. Um, so that, that's an exciting move for them. They're, they're very excited to get him. Uh, so that's it's very, it's very interesting because just like receivers, they needed tight ends as well. Uh, those guys can take a while to develop. Uh, we saw with Kylan Granson last year, it was kind of slow. Uh, but again, Matt Ryan having a guy like that who can make contested catches, uh, they could probably find a small role for Woods uh, going into the season. Well, and then they, they get you know a handful of other guys after that, a couple third-rounders, a fifth-round pick, a couple the sixth, a couple in the seventh. Any of those guys maybe have any intrigue for you, you know, of the, of the rest of their haul in the draft? Yeah, among the day three guys, one of them who I definitely think is a sleeper, has a, a chance to do some things, is Curtis Brooks, uh, defensive tackle from Cincinnati. Uh, that defense, of course, was just loaded with NFL talent. That team mm-hmm. in general was great, a college football playoff team. I think their defense was 10th overall. And he was one of its best players. Uh, I think seven and a half sacks and 13 tackles for loss. Uh, first team all-conference. Uh, kind of a late bloomer. Uh, got overlooked a little bit because I think he's 24. And he's not. he doesn't have prototypical size for any defensive line position kind of one of those tweeners uh but the the Colts really like what he did he's another really athletic guy um so I think he's got I think he's got the potential to do some things he's he's really motivated too uh he was not happy to be as be picked as late as he was so definitely coming in with a chip on his shoulder okay interesting well you know Jack Cohn there were a lot of people who thought that he was 
going to end up being drafted. I don't think anyone probably would have been saying that a year ago, but after what he did in his one season at Notre Dame, he, he turned himself at least into you know some kind of commodity, but he ends up going undrafted. Uh, the Colts get him as a free agent signee. D- does he feel like a guy who's got a realistic chance maybe to, uh, to stick down there in Indy? Uh, I could see Cone maybe getting on the practice squad. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to carry many quarterbacks. They'll have Ryan, of course, and I, I think Sam Ellinger will remain the backup. Okay. Uh, they, they really like what he provides. Uh, but Cone, I think Cone should be a, a nice little you know, summer quarterback for them, get, help get them through the preseason, and, and should do well in training camp. You know, he's, he's a real smart guy, obviously. We'll, we'll get the ball where it's supposed to go, and we'll kind of take what the defense gives him. Um, he's, not, he's not really the Frank Reich prototype quarterback. Uh, so I don't really see him having a, a big role in necessarily making the roster. Uh, but one thing they definitely appreciated about Ellinger last year, even as a rookie, was how quickly he absorbed the playbook and just not making big mistakes and kind of just getting the offense in the place it needed to be. And I could I could see that from Cone. He's definitely not as as mobile as as Ellinger was, but I could see Cone. I, I can see him growing on the on the uh, offensive coaches. I'm curious your thoughts and and if you have kind of some insight on maybe what their thoughts were on Sam Howell, the quarterback from from North Carolina, because obviously he ended up slipping. He ended, he slipped farther than I thought he was going to slip. So I, they had some chances in that middle of the you know middle of the draft because they obviously bring in another veteran in Matt Ryan. You know, they wouldn't have been spending a high draft pick. What are your thoughts on him? And, you know, again, maybe if, if you have any insight into what their thoughts were on him going in. Yeah, so uh, they visited with uh, some of the top quarterbacks a week or two before the draft, and Howell was one of them. Uh, they also met with uh, Desmond Ritter and even Malik Willis. Um, I don't think any of us thought Willis would fall as far as he did, but yeah. apparently maybe the Colts thought it was a possibility. Um, I thought once we got into the mid-rounds that it might be a little more possible that we see Howell go to the Colts uh, just because they could use a developmental guy to go behind Matt Ryan. You know, maybe maybe in a few years have, have someone you would throw out there as the starter. Um, kind of like with what, what they did with Jacob Eason uh, a couple years ago, right. someone who was widely discussed as a day-two pick but fell to the fourth round. I, I kind of felt like that to me. Um, but ultimately they decided to keep going for, for some athletic playmakers. Well, I wanted to ask you about Danny Pinter as well. Of course, our local guy here went to Adams High School here in South Bend, the Ball State guy as well. He's He's been there in a reserve role the last couple of years and going into year three now, which is pretty amazing. But I, I saw something, you know, what, maybe a week or so before the draft about how you know, he could end up being a starter this season. Do you think that's a realistic possibility for Danny Pinter? Yeah, honestly, I think if the season started tomorrow, he probably would be their starting right guard. Um, they, the Colts lost both Mark Glowinski and Chris Reed in free agency. Uh, that, that was their two starting right guards last season. Uh, Reed kind of overtook Glowinski at one point, and then Glowinski earned his job back. Uh, but they liked both of those guys. Uh, and I think this was probably their plan for Pinter. Uh, right guard has kind of been the weak link of the line for the last couple years, um, d- discounting 
left tackle that they've kind of had to scramble and, and throw something together there. Uh, but right guard is, is probably the spot you could put a put a magnifying glass on and say this is probably the most interchangeable spot on their line. Uh, but Pinter has developed nicely the last two years as the backup center. Uh, Ryan Kelly hasn't always had the cleanest bill of health, uh, so Pinter has has gotten some playing time and has started a little bit. And he's he's done very well. He sh- he basically showed what he did at Ball State. Uh, he's very used to change and adapting quickly, and that's what he did uh, with has done with the Colts so far in two years. And yeah, I uh, I think uh, probably the biggest reason they haven't gone out and signed a new starting right guard is because they knew they had Pinter. Um, now I will say they they drafted Bernard Ryman right. in the third round. Uh, I think the hope is that he could earn the left tackle spot at some point, but Chris Ballard did say they're, they're just going to put the best five guys out there, however that looks. And so uh, that, that could, that could mean Ryman takes over right guard. We don't know yet. We'll see, but I I definitely think Pinter would get the nod if they had to play a game this week. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I saw in, in Ryman's background information that like Danny Pinter, he's a guy who would, played tight end and end up moving to tackle in college of course he's at central michigan but uh, you know pretty good size six six and what a little over 300 pounds i think so maybe maybe a guy you know they're looking at to see what spot fits the best kind of thing for him as they go through their camps yeah exactly and we we got to talk to some of the guys in the scouting department after the draft and i i kind of brought that up to kevin rogers their director of uh pro personnel, player personnel, I, I compared Ryman to Pinter. You know, they're, they're guys who are very used to change. They they haven't, you know, started 40 games in one spot. So they're used to being asked to do new things and adapting quickly. Um, so I, I, I think, I honestly, I, I think they probably felt pretty good taking Ryman in, in small part because of the success they've seen with Danny Pinter. One final question for you. Obviously, they go out and get Matt Ryan. They make that trade for him after they traded Carson Wentz to Washington. What's what's the general feel down there in Indy about Matt Ryan compared, you know, making that move to get Ryan compared to the move that they made when they gave up the first round pick to get Wentz a year ago? Oh, much, much, much better. <laughs> I, I think everyone is is much more comfortable with this move. Um, I've heard several times people say that it's it's a lot like when the Colts had uh, Philip Rivers at quarterback. Okay, um, you know that's that's a veteran guy that can spread the ball around. He'll take the layups. He's not just trying to play hero ball. Yeah, you know, he, he's he's not going to tank the offense. But at the same time, he's just a born leader. He's an extension of the coaching staff, and they they have a young group of pass catchers with their receivers and tight ends that they really think Ryan is going to help them develop all right very good and of course sports radio 960 am is your home for the indianapolis colts senior analyst jake arthur from sports illustrated's horseshoe huddle and the co-host of the horseshoe guys podcast i imagine you've got a lot of uh draft coverage going on right now at the horseshoe huddle jake oh yeah that's that's all i've been doing on stop and the rest <laughs> of the guys are throwing stuff in there as well I, uh, I've been working from home the last two years, but I feel like the most time I've spent away from the house was during the draft at the Colts facility. <laughs> that was a lot of work. I can imagine. I can imagine. Jake Arthur, yep. check out all his stuff at Sports Illustrated's 
Horseshoe Huddle site and uh, also to have a listen to the Horseshoe Guys podcast. Jake, appreciate it as always. Great stuff from you as always. It's great to talk to you and uh, look forward to, to talking to you again maybe around the time training camp rolls around or so. Absolutely. That sounds great. Thanks so much for having me back. Yep, absolutely. Take care, Jake. Jake Arthur from, again, the Horseshoe Huddle, the Sports Illustrated website. We're going to take a timeout. We've got more Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up. A lot of topics coming up in rapid fire in the 6 o'clock hour as well. It's Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 